85% of the Fortune 500 still not having a chatbot on their career site, to me, is eye-opening. If you were to go to any of those organizations, e-commerce sites or traditional websites, they're going to have a chatbot nine out of 10 times. So for 85% of them to abandon that same approach within the career site is is really a head scratcher to me. When is the last time that, that you went onto an e-commerce website and we're looking for a product or we're looking for maybe just customer service help? Oftentimes you're prompted with a chatbot right off the bat. So we as consumers are, are used to that experience. Why wouldn't we offer that same experience for some job seekers who may be looking for that and, and maybe looking for that immediate interaction for frequently asked questions or if they're qualified and, and we can even get into that next level recruiter stuff where you can begin to screen candidates through a chatbot. You can schedule interviews that way. I know a lot of organizations are looking to tighten the belt right now based upon the economy. Implementing a chatbot onto your career site could be one way to do that, to put hours back in recruiters' days where they don't have to reschedule interviews, where they don't have to spend hours on phone screens and things like that. And you can begin to move candidates through the process quicker as well and give them a better experience. Welcome, 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 dearly beloved. We are gathered here today for this thing called Talent Experience Live. Apologies for the Prince reference. Was listening to a little bit of Purple Rain before we kicked off today's show. But as you know, I am your host, Devin Foster. Now, we have a very exciting topic today. We're going to dive a little bit more into the global state of the candidate experience. But before we get into that, it's tradition around these parts to do a bit of an icebreaker question. We obviously put this on live every single Thursday, noon Eastern time on LinkedIn, YouTube, as well as Facebook. And then we simulcast it onto you know your traditional podcast sites. But for the audience that is tuning in right now, I want to know our icebreaker question is, with it being the season of dads, with Father's Day fastly approaching, I want to know who your favorite fictional dad character is, and what TV or movie they are from. So hop into the comments section. Let me know who is your ideal dad in, <laughs> in a fictional sense. Uh, and I'll share mine. Mine, of course, is Clark Griswold. Huge fan of Christmas Vacation, really the Vacation series as a whole. Um, and I, I just think it's funny. Those movies stand the test of time. It's something that my family watches every single Christmas. I'm sure there are plenty of others. Uh, and I think every time HR tech rolls around, I pop on Vegas vacation because why not? I always hope of of leaving, <laughs> leaving the casinos like Rusty does with just a line full of cars. But that day has not happened yet. So let me know who your favorite fictional dad is as I dive into today's topic. Uh, obviously, we are talking about the state of candidate experience. Um, and recently, Phenom audited the largest companies in the world, the Fortune 500, as well as the Euro 100, to really see how organizations were attracting, engaging, and converting top talent, including an additional audit of artificial intelligence. Because at this point, what doesn't have AI? Uh, I can answer that question pretty quickly for you. A lot of career sites don't have enough AI right now. So download the report. But sort of as the lead up to this, the press run, the promo for these reports, we had a, a couple good folks from the Phenom team join us. We had Monica Montessa, as well as Sebastian Husti, uh, talking about the Fortune 500 and the Euro 100, respectively. Um, and today, 
we're going to start things off with Monica's session, Monica's episode, uh, where we unpack specifically that Fortune 500 uh, and the trends that we noticed uh, over the course of seven years, I think, that we've been doing this report, as well as she talks a little bit about the trends that we've noticed even more recently that may have been impacted from the pandemic. So without any further hesitation, I'm going to hand it over to myself and Monica from a couple weeks ago, chatting about the State of Candidate Experience report, United States version, where we looked at the Fortune 500's career sites. Here it is. So our State of Candidate Experience, it's a benchmark report that audits its scores and it ranks the Fortune 500 career sites and candidate experiences. Um, and it covers a few different areas. So we're looking at how they're attracting, engaging, and converting candidates. So we take a lot into account. And we take a lot into account in terms of uh, the uh, search functionality on a career site. What kind of AI and automation is present? Is there a chat bot? Um, what kind of content is on there? And is it compelling? Do they have really strong job descriptions? The whole nine. And we carefully do that for all 500, all 500 companies in the, in the Fortune 500. And, you know, it's a really extensive overview there. Um, and, you know, we're, we're proud of this report and excited to get it out there. Yeah, I, I mean, you see the posts on social media all the time of people applying to X amount of jobs. Essentially, yeah. we do that here at Phenom, right? For the Fortune 5, we apply to 500 jobs and audit how they perform at the right. end of the day. Uh, so tons of great information in there. But I have to ask you, I know I've been around for, for a few years. How many years have we been doing this report and, and how much data do we have essentially backlogged for? Yeah, so this is our seventh year um, of the State of Can Experience report. So we've had quite a lot of years um, and you know it's it's awesome to see just how it's really evolved. You know, we're always finding something new in the data. Um, this year we have a, another new little aspect to it. So yeah, seven years, seven years and going. Obviously doing it over the course of seven years and probably more importantly over the, the last three or so years, mm -hmm. have we begun to notice any trends, specifically positive trends in talent sure. acquisition? Because I think back to what, 2016, uh, career sites looked a lot different and that yeah. phenom looked a lot different at that day and age. Um, what are some of the positive things that we we gathered from this report? Yeah, so it's it's interesting you call that out because we what we did do for this year was we took a, an analysis and we looked back at the last three years, you know, really since COVID, what kind of changes have we seen across the Fortune 500 and the candidate experiences that they're delivering? And a couple of things that really stood out to us was, you know, just in general, there were certain AI intelligence and automation features that companies started using, um, you know, at, at significantly higher rates than than we've seen before. Yeah. So um, in particular, we saw a 250% increase in job recommendations based on browsing history. There was a 150% increase in chatbots. And, you know, I think when we talk about just the change in what job seekers now expect and how and how companies really need to transform and reconsider how they're making uh, jobs accessible to candidates and how they're helping them find them faster, how they're communicating with them. Um, you know, we are really seeing that come through a lot in, in the data, um, especially from the, the last three years. You mentioned a couple huge stats there, right? 250% yeah. increase in, in personalized uh, in job journeys or, or, or candidate journeys, excuse yeah. me, 150% increase on, on the chatbot. 
it seems like yesterday, but I, I remember five years ago, prior to COVID, was really when AI started to take shape, I think, within the talent acquisition space. Yeah. I, I remember, I think Phenom launched personalization on demand at, at that point in time. Fast forward to today, do you think it's now universally accepted when we see some of these numbers that mm -hmm. have really started to illuminate themselves um, where it's it's no longer a nice have or, or even a must have? Yeah. It is, you have to have it if you want yeah. to reach candidates. Yeah, I definitely, for sure. You know, with the job market, the way it, that it is today, there's still more jobs than there are candidates and candidates are more selective now before, now more than ever before. And for like one way that we're seeing organizations are trying to get around that and really establish a better connection with candidates is by implementing tools like chatbots and making sure that their career site, um, people can easily find what they're looking for. You know, how, how long does it take to get to the job that, you know, might be the right fit for them? Yeah. So the sooner that companies are, uh, the sooner that people are able to find that information, you know, they apply faster, they, they feel more connected um, with the company as well. And I think in addition to some of the technology piece too, we're also finding that, um, you know, companies are focusing more on their employer brand and the types of content that they have on their site, you know. Are they including information about company culture? Do they have employee testimonials? Um, people really know, want to know what they're going to get themselves into. It's it's a pretty big decision to make, yeah. um, you know. And just one you know quick look at a job description isn't always going to be enough. And yeah. I think we're what we're seeing in the data too is that companies are starting to really recognize that and and do something about it. I mean, there's there's a number of positives that that you mentioned there. The the speed, right? I think yeah. of our attention spans. This is shame on me. I can't even sit down and watch a television show without opening up Twitter or whatever right. it may be just out of habit. I think that's a societal issue, but sure. again, different topic <laughs> for, for a different time. And then you mentioned specifically there having an organization maybe have a job description versus one that is quite frankly littered with content, whether yeah. it be employee testimonials, company culture, things like that. If you're AB testing yeah. where a candidate wants to go, with their attention span where they're reading a job description oh here's a video oh here's you know another video here's images of, of what they did last week all of that is going to come into play and it, mm -hmm. it all sounds quite positive based on the 250 percent increase that you mentioned before yeah are there any areas of concern that were also illuminated in this report where yeah. you look at it and you think fortune 500 companies these are the, the best of the best why don't they have x y and z yeah I think one thing that really stands out to me, and especially when it comes down to the experience that companies are providing candidates, is the follow-up that happens. After a candidate submits an application, they fill out their form, they add their resume, they hit submit. Um, what happens after they get that initial email confirming that their application has been submitted? Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest you know, gripes essentially that we hear from job seekers, and I know I've personally experienced this in my past too, is you, set, you submit your application and then it's just crickets. You don't hear anything, you feel totally ghosted, and you know, it's just silence. And you kind of just assume, okay, it's been a few days, a few weeks, a few months, like, I'm going to assume that this is off the table at this point. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's just not setting up a, a positive experience at, at all. And, you know, we're definitely hearing from a lot of job seekers, too, when they think when they talk about um, applying for jobs and just that frustration of not knowing, is this going to turn into something? Is it not? 
And I think that's something that the report can usually every year, and especially this year, we're seeing that that's a major opportunity for, for companies. It makes sense. I equate it to, uh, and I think everyone's familiar with e-commerce shopping, right? Yeah. You, you log on, you purchase something, you get the initial email that says, hey, we've confirmed your purchase, but then you don't get shipping details afterwards. Right. You have no idea. I live in the city, Monica. Packages go missing all the time. I need sure. to know when I have to hop off a Zoom meeting yep. and run downstairs and grab something. When we take that thought process and we apply it to talent acquisition, candidates want to know where they stand, where they are in the process. Yeah. If they're waitlisted because other folks are, are moving through, that, that mm -hmm. transparency is what we, we all strive and, and look for. Yeah. Um, but that brings me to a, a different aspect of it. When we talk about the Fortune 500, mm -hmm. it's, it's 500 organizations, right? Sure. We are you know, comparing Apple to Southwest Airlines and everything in between. When it comes to folks who may want to see how they stack up against their specific industries or their competition, mm -hmm. is there an industry breakdown so that you can see how you are compared to other e-commerce or yeah. other technology? And, and what does that look like? Yeah, well, it's exactly that. So we do have in the report and a breakdown of 14 different industries. So somebody could go in there, take a look, see what the overall, how the overall industry scored um, as, a, as a group and just get a sense of, okay, across this whole space, here's where we're averaging um, when it comes to attracting, engaging, and converting candidates. And then you can then see yourself and, and where your company uh, ranks against others others in your industry too. So definitely a lot of a lot of insight um, packed in this in this report. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you think about it from the ability where you may look at the report and say, oh, I thought we would be in the top 100 or in the yeah. top 50, but then you look at your industry and you're like, actually, we are the best of the best for where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. It still gives you that stretch goal that we love to talk about in yeah. tech and everything along those lines. But from the perspective of you see how you rank with the best of the best and then where you are in your respective industries. Now, we talked about a couple stats there, Monica, mm -hmm. the 250% the uh, personalized job journeys, the 150% increase in chatbots. Are there any other key stats that we can leverage to entice some folks who may be on the live stream right now sure. to hop in and, and kind of unpack this a bit more. Yeah. And so, you know, I, we mentioned a little bit before that the three-year analysis, we did see these improvements, you know, just generally in a few different areas when it comes to the use of AI, automation, um, even some content on the website. But one thing that we did see for 2023 is just in the year alone, there's still a big gap when it comes to what companies are doing now and where they could be in terms of using the using all of these different elements and best practices to deliver an experience for candidates that we think will be really strong. So one example is, you know, chatbots. So even though we've seen an increase, a really significant increase over the last few years, 85% of the Fortune 500 still did not use a chatbot, which is pretty, pretty large number there. Um, and then when it comes to job recommendations based on candidate profiles, for example, 84% still were not um, still we're not using that type of functionality either. And we saw that a lot when it comes to that type of personalization uh, uh, usage where, um, you know, it's just not quite where we would expect it to be. So still a lot of room for growth. We talked about a lot here today. I want to ask you any final thoughts, anything that I may have neglected to ask you with regards to the port that you wanted to, to mention? 
Um, the only thing that I would add is, you know, one thing that the report also does include is uh, opportunities and recommendations for improvement. So there's a lot of information there, you know, just covering the current state of everything as it relates to career sites and candidate experience. But what what do you what can you do with that information? How do you proceed from from there? So there's a whole section um, dedicated in the report to uh, outlining, you know, here are the simple, quick things that your you or your team can start implementing today. Um, things like you know just starting to get more um, active on social media, all the way to more long-term plans and strategic and technological uh, changes that that organizations can consider, like implementing certain AI technology, making sure that you have those personalization features on the career site so that you're quickly connecting people with the right job. Um, things like keeping uh, up to date on all of the new and upcoming technology. Yeah. There's so much now that's being talked about with generative AI. Yeah. We just had a whole live event on that a couple of days ago. Um, so we're all very familiar with that. But again, just just keeping speed to like, what are the things that are influencing candidates right now? And, you know, we want to make sure that we're keeping pace. So there's a lot to catch up on. There's even more coming uh, down the pipeline. And it doesn't necessarily mean we have to implement all of these things right away, but just making sure that we're accounting for, you know, this is going to be the biggest opportunity for um, my organization and for my my candidates, my space, um, this is what we we're going to start going after. So definitely a lot of good tips in there. Yeah. Monica, I want to thank you for joining me on the program today to talk about our exciting report. I mean, seven yeah. seven years is nothing to, to shake a stick at, right? No, no. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I hope, it, hope everyone finds some value, value in it for sure. Once again to Monica for, for joining me on the program a couple weeks back. Lots of great stuff there. The one thing that always jumps out at me whenever we do this report, and I know we talked a, a little bit about the increase of chatbot on career sites, uh, but 85% of the Fortune 500 still not having a chatbot on their career site to me is eye-opening. If you were to go to any uh, any of those organizations, e-commerce sites or traditional websites, they're going to have a chatbot nine out of 10 times. So for 85% of them to abandon that same approach within the career site is is really a head scratcher to me. When is the last time that, that you went onto an e-commerce website and we're looking for a product or we're looking for maybe just customer service help? Oftentimes you're prompted with a chatbot right off the bat. So we as consumers are, are used to that experience. Why wouldn't we offer that same experience for some job seekers who may be looking for that and, and maybe looking for that immediate interaction for frequently asked questions or if they're qualified. And, and we can even get into uh, on a later episode, that next level recruiter stuff where you can begin to screen candidates through a chatbot. You can schedule interviews that way. Uh, I know a lot of organizations are looking to tighten the belt right now based upon the economy. Implementing a chatbot on your career site could be one way to do that, to put hours back in recruiters' days where they don't have to reschedule interviews, where they don't have to spend hours on phone screens and things like that. And you can begin to move candidates through the process quicker as well and give them a better experience. But if you want to see the full episode, it's obviously available on LinkedIn and on YouTube, as well as on our every podcast platform. Uh, after we launched the State of CX United States version, where we looked at the Fortune 500, a couple of weeks later, I was joined by Sebastian Hust uh, of our German counterpart team. And we talked about 
the same report, only we changed the companies. We focused on the Euro 100, which are the largest organizations in Europe. Uh, and we really talked about some of the successes there with, with these organizations and how forward they may be in some areas, but also where they fall a bit short as well. So without any further hesitation, let's throw it back to myself and Sebastian talking about the Euro 100 State of Candidate Experience Benchmark Report. Uh, well, with more jobs open, then you know there are candidates looking for them, and we see this across countries in Europe. Um, companies really have a, a very intrinsic interest to stand out, right? A couple of ways we've seen um, they're doing this. They start leveraging more and more intelligent technology, more and more automation, and they will start doing more and more automation. Just a few, I, I guess we'll get a bit deeper at a later stage, but you know, a few things that, that I've recognized in this uh, report is that more and more career sites are uh, can be viewed on a um, on any device no matter whether you're on a smartphone on a tablet on a pc i think this is something we are getting really really good at in, in europe as well uh, more and more um, sites are really cautious about having uh, um, up-to-date jobs listed right remove expired jobs from external sites and i think uh, there's a big trend and I agree with you, uh, with your striker analogy, you have to put this into context, which I'm happy to do later. Um, but we see more and more companies leverage chatbot technology. We see more and more companies uh, leverage localization, right? Uh, making location-based job recommendations and even job recommendations based on browsing history. So it almost feels like companies start to really understand that you have to treat your potential employees just like your potential customers. If you generate a good candidate experience, well, you make the candidate also want to come back, right? And they start engaging uh, with you more. But that also creates expectations, right? So one big one, you know, that, that we should consider a concern is, especially for job seekers, is the communication after the application is submitted. Candidates expect to hear from companies throughout the entire process. And if you don't reach out to, to candidates, and uh, even worse, you don't reach out to applicants, you know, you might lose them. Depending on which industry you are in, um, there's a high competition for talent these days. So. Uh, you better get your messaging game right as well. So, um, yeah. and it's it's easy, right? Send a communication when the application is submitted, you know, send a status update when mm -hmm. the candidate hits another uh, um, 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 hiring status and so on. So talent acquisition teams really need to keep up with job seekers, keeping them up to date and, um, and, and, and also do this in a, in a personalized way. And also here, coming back to the AI story, can help you very much to, to you know, get the talent signals, you know, and send a personalized yeah. message just in the right moment to make sure the candidate has a great experience. I like to say, you know, when, when I am talking to, to CHROs is the candidate experience doesn't end on the career side, right? It goes through the entire uh, talent selection process. And um, yeah, coming back to the sample that you mentioned earlier, right? You know, if, if people don't hear back from you, you know, get a bad candidate experience, which has a bad uh, um, impact on your overall company uh, reputation as an employer. Yeah. No, no, ab absolutely. And one thing that I, I think is is becoming more and more relevant in in ages, job titles, uh, job requirements are changing. When we look at artificial intelligence, right? There are folks who, who may be in an organization um, and they're looking for that next step in their career, but they need 
examples of you know something similar in their industry that's hey we are in transportation and logistics and now there is I, I don't know, an AI logistics coordinator maintenance person, right? Or, or whatever the, the case may be. They log on to potentially a competitor's career site, look at the jobs that are available, and then they serve them up to their bosses and say, this is the career path that I want to go, right? This is the direction that the industry is headed. With that being said, serving up some of the information that you mentioned at the right time could be ideal, right? Let's say they find a job, they don't you know, get the promotion that they want at their current organization. And your company is leveraging AI and a fantastic candidate experience to send them an email that says, Hey, we saw you looked at this job. You know, it's still open. Are you, are you still interested? So there's a lot of key components there. Um, and I, I say that uh, specifically on an industry level, because I think when a lot of these organizations, I know in the fortune 500, I imagine. So in the, the European 100 as well, they don't just compare themselves to um, the 500 organizations as a whole, right? If you work at a logistics organization, you are going to compare yourself to other logistics companies because you're, in most cases, fighting over the same talent, right? Um, so is there an industry breakdown for organizations to look at and say, hey, how did we stack up against the competition and their candidate experience? Absolutely. And I think it's very, very important that you compare apples with apples if you try to get a yes. benchmark, you know, where you are standing, because, you know, while you probably are in kind of a competition with other industries, you want to see where you stack up. And I really have to give a shout out to the team that put together all the data that went into this report. So, so yeah, it's amazing. There are, uh, in fact, 14 different industries that we considered, which includes overall scores for that industry. So we uh, build averages for every single industries in terms of how the career side of the Fortune 100 companies that fall into that very industry actually yep. um, score in terms of attraction, in terms of engagement, in terms of conversion, and how well they are already leveraging AI, which gives you a good indication, you know, when you uh, tend to score on the bottom end of the uh, of this list, it should give you an indicator, you know, to, to act and actually get involved into these yeah. topics. You know, um, are we maybe not attracting enough candidates? It actually also shows you what your bottleneck could be, right? You know, it's great if you attract a lot of candidates, but if you are very bad at converting them because your application process is too complicated, then this is something to think about. And that should give you also arguments to, to have a discussion internally, right, uh, when looking for yeah. new products. Looking at that from an organization perspective, I think is vital because you can immediately identify our conversion is through the roof, but we're not attracting enough folks. We have to really get more content out there, whether it be um, relative content to the candidates. You can offer a, a personalized journey, which serves up jobs and, and recommendations. But if there isn't a day in the life of a logistics coordinator or a day in the life of a sales representative at their organization, they may be disinterested. So great point there. You mentioned some of the metrics, Sebastian. I want to ask you, are there any stats that you may have remembered, uh, you know, because they jumped out at you or something that you remembered offhand uh, that may entice some folks to go and download the report right now that you really thought were shocking? Oh, 100%. I, uh, I actually want to close the loop now that I opened earlier when I said, hey, yeah. there's a great trend, you know, more and more companies... Uh, uh, do job recommendations based on browsing history. In fact, the number said, and I'm having in front of me here, it says 
that 525% is the increase of uh, companies that actually leverage the, so this seems like an awesome increase, right? Well, yeah. at the same time, one has to say that uh, in total, if you look at the consolidated report, 75% of all of them still don't do it, right? So there's a trend going mm -hmm. into this direction, but there's still a big gap to close. So also a big opportunity to actually implement that now and you know be ahead of the curve in the next year, maybe. Uh, same goes with chatbot usage, right? There was a 67% increase in using a recruitment chatbot compared to last year, but still 90% of the Fortune uh, 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 European 100 companies still don't use a chatbot. Although this is the number one, um, 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 well, conversion helper, so to speak, on a career site. So if you bring candidates on the career site, the chatbot is the 24-7 assistant that you are looking for, you know, in order to get talent into your pipeline. So not leveraging it is, um, well, it's it's a lost opportunity, so to speak. So I would say these Absolutely. two um, are very striking out. So we do go into the right direction, but there's still a big gap to close. Yeah, at a quick glance of 525% increase, you think, oh, this is this is fantastic. But when you look at it and you say, well, you know, 75% of the European 100, it's, it's 75 companies still don't have that personalized job recommendations. You think, oh, maybe there's something to, to, to scratch your head at. Chatbots as well, 67% increase is fantastic. But when you look at it, that organizations as a whole still aren't adopting it enough. I think that's going to change. We mentioned that this trend with generative AI, with products like Phenom X Plus, and really the ability to have conversations with you know, digital algorithms, if you will, to get to the right place to find the right job. I think we're going to see an increase in a little bit more adoption of that. Um, Sebastian, you mentioned seventy-five of those, or seventy-five percent, didn't have the the personalization um, that we we touched on there. If there's an organization that potentially wanted to learn more about why they didn't score higher, uh, where can they go to get more information about the the state of candidate experience uh, European edition? Oh yeah, uh, definitely. They can just reach out to us. You know, let's make it easy. Okay. Shoot us a direct message. You know, if you want, you see my name here. You can also. Ping me on LinkedIn if you like, uh, and, and I'm happy to do the talks. I'm, I'm very well connected to the people who actually captured the data. Uh, we really yeah. understand, you know, what are the positives, what are the negatives, or I shouldn't say negatives, but maybe, you know, room for improvement. And um, yeah, and, and, and we'll actually show you, you know, what could be fast tracks to get better and, you know, how should you tackle this from a strategic point of view also for, for the long term? Absolutely. Now, I... It, the DMs are open. We we understand that. But I, I, one question, and this is a, a big ask of you, Sebastian. Let's say you are company Euro 101. So you weren't included in the report or 105, or you're rapidly growing, right? There's a lot of organizations out there. Um, is there a way for them to get audited? And, and as you put it, compare apples to apples on the same grading scale with the European 100. Is, is there a way for them to... to take a look at what their candidate experience looks like. You bet there is. So we are candidate experience freaks and obviously we love to, and we are data freaks. So obviously we love to generate these kind of reports also individually. So we're taking a request for a career site audit and it will do just what you just described, right? It shows you how you score and then you can really see how you would rank against these companies uh, of the European 100. So we will treat you just like a European 100. 
especially I, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, if anyone at home wants to download the report, you want to speak with Sebastian, you can do so at, at phenom.com. You can shoot him a, a message on LinkedIn if, if you want to speak with him personally. Uh, but thank you so much again, uh, and, and we'll see you soon. Sebastian, is that all right? Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Take awesome. Care. Have a great day. Sebastian may have created my favorite clip in the history of Talent Experience Live, and that is we are candidate experience freaks and we are data freaks. So like he mentioned, if you weren't included in either of the state of candidate experience reports because you are Fortune Company number 501 or you are Euro Company number 101, don't worry, fret not. We can still get your career site audited all you have to do is head on over to phenom.com. There'll be a banner at the top uh, linking to the state of candidate experiences where you can request an audit or better yet, where you can sign up for our upcoming two webinars about the European and U.S. versions, respectively. Uh, the U.S. version is actually next week. It is June 21st uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That, of course, is going to be with Regents Bank sharing some of their insights in the state of candidate experience. And then the Euro version will be June 27th at 1600 or 4 p.m. British Standard Time, and that's going to be with DPDHL. So you won't want to miss either of those. I know they're going to be talking about each region respectively uh, and kind of comparing and contrasting the two while hearing from a real-world large organization in both on how they're finding success. So definitely tune into that. But before then, uh, if you missed last week's episode, you missed a good one. That's what I'm going to say. We had Jess Elmquist on us who talked a lot about CHRO's innovation and how it is change is the name of the game, where we discussed kind of the merger of talent acquisition and talent management strategies. Uh, Jess and I had a back and forth conversation where we equated the current disconnect uh, between talent acquisition and talent management, similar to being like on a highway where the candidate experience is seamless. We see that in the state of candidate experience. You are cruising from state to state to state. All of a sudden, you get to your destination exit. You pull off the highway, and it is standstill traffic. I know a lot of us on the East Coast are going to be doing that this summer as we head to the beach because there is one bridge. There is one road leading to the beach, and all of a sudden, that joyful joyride, if you will, is not so excited. So we're going to talk about how to really create a seamless experience throughout to get you from point A of being a candidate to point B of being an employee and growing from there in that episode. Uh, because right now, the current state of talent marketplaces is almost as if you're going through a drive through line at a fast food chain and someone in front of you is trying to do something. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen, I think you should leave. They're trying to order 55 burgers, 55 fries, 55 tacos. You get the idea. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that whole situation is less than ideal, even if someone is trying to do something. So definitely tune in to last week's episode with Jess Elmquist, where we talked about innovations and being the, the name of the game for CHROs. Um, as always, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Next week, I am going to be joined by Joe Martyr of Brazen, where we are going to talk about the candidate churn and how it could be costing your company millions of dollars. So you won't want to miss that. But in the meantime, I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of the Pride Month, a fantastic Father's Day, a fantastic Juneteenth, and everything in between. Uh, 
I always enjoy putting on this program. It is fantastic to do it for you all. So tune in next week. Check out last week's episode. Download the State of Candidate Experience Report. Sign up for the webinars. We have plenty of content out there for you until next Thursday. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity, and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more. While you're there, check out the promo for I am Phenom. It is right on the homepage. Don't be afraid to click on it. See who keynote speakers are going to be, see what session tracks are happening and everything in between, including networking and party.